the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on the first Monday. That's right, the first Monday. Understand what I'm saying? First Monday of the new year, the sixth morning officially of the uh, first month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope I uh, don't slip and say 2019 at some point. Old habits die hard. We are in the sixth morning. I haven't done it yet, so uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll be able to stay the course. Coming up. In about 40 minutes from now, at 9.48 to be precise, Congressman Jim Jordan will be joining us. And yes, he will have his thoughts on the Iranian situation, which we will dive into momentarily. And we're also going to talk to him about the impeachment. Oh, the impe- I forgot about that thing, right? How many people over the course of the last four days have said the word impeachment in Washington or on Main Street, in the districts, around the country, here in North Carolina, people have completely forgotten about the attempted coup to remove the President of the United States. Everyone is focusing on Iran, the left continuing to defend, let me say this directly and clearly so you understand it, to defend Islamic terrorists. Did I say that clearly enough? Democrats have chosen in the battle between President Donald Trump, President of the United States of America, and uh, uh, Qasem Soleimani, Islamic terrorist from Iran. They have cast their lot with Soleimani. They are pro-Iranian terrorists. That's just it. There is no qualifier to that remark. There is no uh, add-on, just flat out. Full stop, listen to the left, listen to Democratic politicians, listen to Elizabeth Warren, listen to Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Damasio-Cortez, all of them, listen to them. They have chosen 
an Iranian terrorist over the President of the United States. And we will talk to Congressman Jordan about that. And while all of that has been going on, nobody is talking about impeachment anymore. Well, except for Republicans who are eager to get on with the show. What are we waiting for? Didn't Nancy Pelosi tell the world that this is extraordinarily dangerous? It's an urgent matter. Donald Trump must be impeached immediately. We need to get him removed from um, uh, get him removed from uh, the Oval Office immediately because he's a grave threat to our national security interests, etc., etc., etc. Why aren't they still pushing? Why are they sitting now quietly and just talking about Iran? Well, Josh Hawley was not just sitting quietly. He and other Republicans, Representative Hawley, uh, was on Fox and Friends saying, let's get the show on the road here. You know, Nancy Pelosi is attempting to obstruct a Senate trial. That's all there is to it. The Constitution says that the Senate is the one that will have the trial. It says the trial will follow the impeachment. Now she's trying to prevent a Senate trial. She's trying to obstruct it. She's trying to upend the Constitution. So here's what I think needs to happen. We need to change the Senate rules to allow the Senate to dismiss this case if she refuses to send the articles over. Isn't that what the question is, though? Is that something that President Trump would support? President Trump wants his trial. He doesn't want to just have the articles of impeachment dismissed and have the Senate rules changed to get rid of the idea of a trial. He wants to have his trial so that he can be properly acquitted and so that he can indeed say, uh, told you this was nothing but a Democratic witch hunt and a hoax. Clearly, the United States Senate considered all of the quote-unquote evidence that was thrown over to the uh, Senate by the House of Representatives. They considered it and said, yeah, nice try, and acquitted me. That's what President Trump wants. But Hawley is saying if they're not going to deliver those articles, then maybe we do need to take steps just to get rid of this thing and go forward. Uh, here's more of uh, uh, Josh Hawley on with Fox. Exactly. I mean, in a, in a normal courtroom, in a real world, if the prosecutor does not try his or her case, if they don't actually bring it forward to the court, then the defendant can say, all right, well, then we're dismissing the case. The court can say we're dismissing the case. In this, in, in this instance, the Senate is the court. And it's time for us to take action to say, if you're not going to prosecute your case, we're throwing it out. Right. I'm okay with the idea of that, but here's what I'm not okay with. What I'm not okay with is the fact that it would then just restart Democratic um, um, actions to find new articles over the course of the next, you know, 11 months. We're 11 months away from the election uh, in 2020. So I don't want them starting over again. I want there to be a resounding defeat. I want it to be completely um, uh, clear that the President of the United States has been acquitted by the Senate in the face of these ridiculous charges, rather than the left being able to say, aha, Trump and his party ran and hid from the charges. They knew that he would not be acquitted once they got all of the evidence in a, in a Senate trial. And once they were uh, able to call witnesses, as Chuck Schumer is demanding. So they just kicked it out, changing the rules of the Senate, which they can do, by the way, thanks to Harry Reid. Um, they just kicked it out because they didn't want Trump to face the trial. And I don't think President Trump wants that. So I respect 
Hawley's suggestion here so that we can get back on with the business of the country, but it will not continue the business of the country if all it does is go back to the House now, re- give them new power to say, okay, now we're starting a new impeachment inquiry on A, B, C, D, and E. And that is not something I think the president wants. So uh, we're going to talk to Jordan about that. I want to talk to you about that as well. 216-901-0945, Now, before we dive full, st- full into uh, the Iranian uh, situation, the killing, the righteous killing on a field of battle, essentially. Yes, it was an airport, but uh, we have troops in Iraq who are there with congressional authorization to defend themselves and our allies. Uh, and yes, the Iraqi people to an extent, because we are there in an advisory and training type role for the Iraqi uh, military. And... Um, of course, we were there. Uh, we had a whole bunch of Marines sent there when the uh, protesters went and attacked the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. So essentially, it was a battlefield, and it was a battlefield decision that was made by a commander, our commander-in-chief, to take out an enemy military fighter. That's why this was not an assassination, as some on the left and in the media are calling it. A Soleimani was not assassinated. An assassination is the targeting of a political leader or a um, an elected official, not a military figure. This was a military figure and a terrorist who had been, first of all, already committing countless numbers of acts of violence against American troops. He's got the deaths of, according to the last count, roughly 700 Americans on uh, on his hands, the blood of 700 Americans on his hands, thousands of others wounded by his devices, by his uh, plots, by his uh, uh, organization carrying out terror attacks. Um, so he was a terrorist and he was a general, meaning he was a military fighter. And they chose to kill a military fighter on a battlefield, which is essentially what Iraq still is because we are there with congressional authority as fighters. And all we did was kill an enemy, uh, a member of the enemy's military, which is exactly what we are authorized to do. So we'll come back to all of that. But first, I really need to apologize. I don't do this often, mainly because I generally am right. Uh, I know that sounds very arrogant. I don't mean it to be, but I mean seriously. I, I, I generally consider most of the things that I say on the program or... Uh, on social media and in other places very carefully before I say them. And um, they're usually right. Or they're well-founded. If there is a disagreement, they're well-founded in their um, uh, you know, factual uh, uh, histories, if you will. In other words, I don't just make stuff up. But I don't, So I don't normally have to apologize, but I do in this case. Last night, I went on social media, particularly with Facebook, right as the Golden Globe Awards were getting started. And when the Golden Globes come on in my house, I generally leave the room. Good reason. Because I, as I said on my social media post last night on Facebook, I said, I'm going to give a, a pass uh, to the Golden Globes here. I'm going to pass on watching the Golden Globes because I don't watch any of these Hollywood award shows whether they be for TV, for movies, a combination like the Golden Globes of TV and movies, or the Music Awards or any of the others. Because Celebrity America, whether it be Hollywood or New York Celebrity America, uh, is just so decidedly anti-Trump and therefore anti-me, anti-Middle America, anti-conservatism, 
and again, so blatantly unfair to our president, uh, what I wrote was, is if I wanted to sit around and watch a bunch of liberal idiots lying about Donald Trump for three hours, I'd go back and watch a rerun of the, um, of the um, impeachment inquiry. Because it's pretty much the same thing. Liberal Democrats in Congress do it the same way that liberal Democrats in Hollywood do it. Just going to sit there and lie about Donald Trump. So I left the room, didn't watch the show. Because I don't. And I've made that very clear after other shows. However, I did go into my den where I do my work, and I turned on my computer, and I started doing a little bit of work for today's show. And my Twitter feed starts exploding, and text messages start exploding saying, Did you hear it? Did you see it? Did you hear it? Did you see it? And I said, no, I didn't hear it. No, I didn't see it. What is it? And it was the monologue, the opening monologue by Golden Globes host Ricky Gervais. And oh my goodness, I was wrong. That's why I have to apologize. Well, to an extent. Normally, the bashing of the president and of conservative ideas and ideals starts with the opening monologue and then is just continued with every award presentation. Somebody comes up and bashes the president or bashes conservatives or bashes America or calls us all racists or calls us all this or that or the other thing. And that's what I expected, so that's why I said I'm not watching. But at least for the monologue portion of the Golden Globes last night, I was wrong. And I apologize for just automatically assuming it would be bash Trump for three hours. Now, to be fair, I did find out that later on, again, because I did not watch the show, I was kind of right in some of the award acceptance speeches by some of the uh, liberal idiots uh, up there in Hollywood or out there in Hollywood. They promoted abortion. They bashed Trump. They claim that we are on the verge of World War III because of the Soleimani strike, et cetera, et cetera. So I was kind of right. But the opening monologue changed the game, and I was deadly wrong about that. I, I had just no, no, no apology or no uh, excuses, rather, just an apology. Ricky Gervais <laughs> tore liberal, woke Hollywood a new one in an opening monologue that I had to see in countless numbers of links sent my way after I announced I would not be watching. Apparently, you were, and you wanted me to see and hear. So I did, and now I will share it with you. After this time out, as we get started on this Monday morning on AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Jim Jordan coming up uh, at uh, 948, so make sure you are here for that. But I do want to go and share with you uh, just some of the glory of Ricky Gervais. Now, it should be pointed out, um, don't, don't try to create a monument to Ricky Gervais, okay? Ricky Gervais is not a conservative. 
Ricky Gervais is not, quote, on our side. Ricky Gervais is not Team Trump or Team Reagan or Team anything Republican or conservative. He's generally regarded as a British liberal. But what he does is he goes on the Golden Globes. This is the sixth time, I believe it is, that he's uh, hosted that show, and he likes to make the, uh, the audience there uncomfortable. So he rips them as much as he rips anyone or anything else. Maybe not at any, in any previous hosting gig that he has had as badly as last night. But understand that he did what he did yesterday just to get Hollywood angry, not because he is necessarily defending Donald Trump or defending conservative ideas or ideals or any of those kinds of things. So understand that. But having said all of that, he dropped truth bomb after truth bomb on these Hollywood liberals. And to know how effective he was, you have to watch the video. If you were watching it live, you already know. But watch the video or look up uh, on YouTube or on any of your social media sites uh, for supercuts. It's called supercuts of reactions, audience reactions to the bombs that he was dropping as he called out the hypocritical, woke Hollywood celebrities for who they are and what they are. Their faces were priceless. And again, I say this as somebody who is committed to not watching the Golden Globes, just like I will not watch the Academy Awards. But I was bombarded by messages, as I say, from text and tweet and everything else saying, Bob, did you see it? Bob, did you see it? Bob, you need to see it. I have now seen it. And Ricky Gervais did indeed. Um, drop, he just went nuclear. He dropped A-bomb after A-bomb on uh, liberal Hollywood. I'm going to play for you just a 50-second clip here of what might be uh, the biggest the biggest truth bomb of the entire evening. Uh, Ricky Gervais wrapped his 8-minute and 50-second or so monologue with this 50 seconds of uh, of glory, telling the Hollywood celebrities uh, how to handle it if they win an award and if they choose to come up and accept that award and try to start talking politics. Listen to what Ricky Gervais had to say to them. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, I'm going to give you just a little context to that and then replay that part leading into the real uh, 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 nuclear bomb. Uh, Ricky Gervais had just, he was talking about the ascendancy of Apple Television as being one of the new streaming services, one of the mediums, Apple TV, and they talked about one of their feature productions. And uh, that's when he started talking about, uh, you know, the movie, the first movie they put out was a great story, as he said, of, you know, positive things he said, which is interesting considering the fact that it was made by a company that makes all of its products in sweatshop China. And uh, then, of course, included some of the other monolithic uh, companies that are that are using foreign labor in such ways. Uh, so that's what he was talking about here when he said when he when he uh, at the very start of this clip. So I'm going to let you hear that again, and then uninterrupted through the end. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, 
Let, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your god and... So... It's already three hours long. Um, again, I didn't see it live, but I saw it on tape, and I got to tell you, I, I, I have to apologize. Ricky Gervais did justice in a place where justice is never considered, and I'm talking real justice, not social justice, practiced only by social justice warriors, but Ricky Gervais did justice by calling out the hypocrisy of liberal Hollywood and all of the celebrities in that room. I mean, it was royalty. That room was filled with Hollywood royalty. And he just looked them all in the face and said, and I quote, So if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a platform to make a political speech. You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg, which was, by the way, a <laughs> priceless. If you win, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God, and blank off. He didn't say blank. He said it. They bleeped him. I'm glad they did because then I didn't have to go through and edit this and bleep it myself. But the uh, Golden Globes, uh, the telecast, what was it on? ABC, I don't even remember because uh, I watch it. Anyway, uh, that just to me, it, it just set Hollywood on fire. Uh, like it kind of already was earlier this year, thanks to their policies in uh, that state. But it literally, uh, virtually rather, figuratively set Hollywood on fire all over again. And the rest of the night, any time it came back to the host to do an introduction of new presenters, and he would drop jokes in here or there, he was stoned the rest of the night. They just sat there in stone-cold silence, refusing to applaud or laugh. They were beside themselves with rage that he would call them out in such ways. That, by the way, was only the rap of the monologue. There were more vicious things said earlier in the monologue, particularly as it pertains to Jeffrey Epstein and how he is the friend of everybody in that room, how many Hollywood elites went to little Epstein's little pedophile island, uh, he, he, he mentioned that. He mentioned how the biggest fear of everyone in that room that's a movie maker is Ronan Farrow, because Ronan Farrow is the one who brought down Harvey Weinstein and, uh, and other, uh, uh, you know, uh, sexual assaulters and harassers and so on in Hollywood. Uh, I mean, he let them have it for about eight solid minutes. And I gotta tell you, uh, I didn't expect it. That's why I didn't watch it, but I must apologize for prejudging. Uh, this was amazing. All right, uh, if you want to get on the radio, and I do see some people there already, 216-901-0945. Stay there. We're coming to you after the news in 1420, The Answer. Thanks for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer for the Authority. we got Congressman Jim Jordan coming up in about 13 minutes. Very much looking forward to that. I want to get some of your phone calls in to this segment as we uh, continue to analyze and break down. Not Ricky Gervais' takedown of the left last night, although we'll probably hit that again in a bit. Uh, but um, 
but we talk about uh, the President of the United States striking one of the world's uh, worst terrorists, quite literally, maybe, maybe the worst living and active, currently powerful terrorist, or previously currently. That's a little bit of, little bit of an oxymoron, isn't it? Previously, currently. But he was. He was currently, until we killed him a few days ago, uh, one of the worst terrorists in the world. And uh, the left simply cannot handle it. Now the uh, Iranians are war- uh, warning of uh, retaliatory strikes against America or American interests. President Trump said, yeah, don't even think about it. And you shouldn't play games with me. As you have seen, I don't mess around. Uh, you attacked our embassy and we responded, and we're going to continue to respond if you do anything to us. And he announced that uh, there are 52 Iranian sites that will be hit very fast and very hard if Iran even thinks about doing something to harm America or her interests or her people or her allies, etc. So uh, it's extraordinary to see the President of the United States, well, rather, to see a President of the United States act in such a way, and that is exactly why this is what he has called it. It is not an invitation to war. It is a deterrence against war, telling the Iranians this is something you cannot win, this is something you should not start. Because what we did was in response to already aggressive actions by Iranian militias against our uh, embassy, uh, against uh, Americans, including some who were wounded and one who was killed last week, you know, the American contractor. And what we did had to be done in response to all of these continued aggressive terrorist actions against America and our allies. We were the ones doing the retaliating, not the ones instigating and thus deserving of retaliatory strikes. But try to tell that to the American left. The American left has, again, cast their lot. They have decided we are Team Soleimani rather than Team Trump. Never before have we been in a place where even in a time of national security interest, I will not call it war, it's not, but strikes to try to prevent war, strikes to make America safer, strikes to bring uh, foreign terrorists and uh, war criminals to justice. Never before have we been divided on that issue. I mean, seriously, you go back and you look at all... Well, Vietnam is a little bit of a different animal. Uh, and I don't want to get into the history of that and the division in the country. But in all seriousness, uh, to have half of the country complaining and criticizing the President of the United States for killing somebody who has killed at least 700 Americans, and maybe more, who is indeed, by the way, a military figure, not a statesman, which is why this was not an assassination, to hear them side with the terrorist, side with the nation that chants death to America, death to Israel, death to America, death to Israel, even while they sit at a negotiating table with American diplomats. That's beyond the pale. And that's what happened, by the way, during the weakness of the Obama administration and the weakness of the John Kerry State Department. Sitting down and negotiating what is now known as the former Iranian nuclear deal, while they took breaks from their negotiations sitting at that table, the Ayatollah Khamenei, and other powerful religious leaders in that Islamic theocracy would go out onto their balconies and join the crowds of, of, of fundamentalist terrorists in chanting, death to America, death to Israel. Then they would take their break from chanting and come back in and try to negotiate and talk about how they'll negotiate in good faith to not uh, become a nuclear power. It's unbelievable.
Well, it would be unbelievable, except that we watched it. It is very believable. And, of course, when Democrats are in charge, uh, that is what is to be expected. 216-901-0945. Navy Man Norm, thank you for your patience out there in Strongsville. Norm, go right ahead, sir. Bob, it's amazing to me when I look at the TV and I, and I channel surf how the, shall we say, the enemies of the American people, the fake news media, CNN, NBC, MSNBC, portray this terrorist murdering SOB. Oh, he was revered in his country. He was a leader. He was this. He was that. And I'm, and it, Bob, it just, I cannot believe that these are Americans that are saying this. Like you. Uh, I sent, I, I called uh, Senator Chris Murphy's office. I left my name, my phone number. And shall we say, I told him in no uncertain terms, uh, perhaps in my sailor language, and I'm sure the Secret Service may call me sometime, exactly what I thought of him. And basically it was that he was lower than whale blank, which is on the bottom of the ocean. And he should actually take the term U.S. away from U.S. senator. I mean, this guy comes out and basically blasts the president. How dare he do this? What do you mean, how dare he do this? It was a clear and present danger. And I don't care how many the president takes out. In Norm, fact, Norm, Norm if, he, if I may interrupt for a second, you're talking about Chris Murphy, right? Right. You're talking yeah, about Senator, he basically said, how dare President Trump do this. But you didn't, you didn't mention what he said prior to that, did you? No, I didn't. I want you, in case you didn't say, are you on Twitter, Norm, or are you smarter than that? I'm smarter than that, Bob, because okay. I'd lose my mind. Yeah, well, <laughs> and you're, you are, and so is Kersenow. I, I, I wish I was as smart as you guys, but I am on it, and I do use it for various reasons. So since you're not, maybe you didn't see the full hypocrisy of what you're talking about with, with uh, Murphy. Three days, well, uh, now, what is today, the fifth? So now it's been six days ago, but three days apart. This is. These are two tweets from uh, Democratic Senator Chris Murphy, and I want you to hear this, and then you can fi- finish your thought on him. On December 31st, this is what Chris Murphy wrote on Twitter. The attack on our embassy in Baghdad is horrifying, but predictable. Trump has rendered America impotent in the Middle East. No one fears us. No one listens to us. America has been reduced to hiding in safe rooms, hoping the bad guys will go away. What a disgrace. Now, that was December 31st, Norm. Then January 2nd, after we killed Soleimani. Quote, Soleimani was an enemy of the United States. That's not a question. The question is, as reports suggest, did America just assassinate, without any congressional authorization, the second most powerful person in Iran, knowing, uh, knowingly setting off a potential massive regional war? <coughs> That's the that's the part, if you're going to talk about Chris Murphy, Norm, that people need to hear. Three days prior to that, he was saying Trump is a wuss. Trump has soft. Trump has made America weak. No one fears us. No one listens to us because he won't do anything about them attacking our embassy in Baghdad. He said America is reduced to, to huddling in safe rooms, hoping the bad guys will go away. Two days later... Trump kills the bad guy that he was just complaining about. He stops the attack on our embassy. He avenges it. He makes sure everybody is listening to us and fears us. And now it's, oh, Trump did something that he shouldn't have done. He may have set off a massive regional war. Norm, that's the part that people need to know about Democrats. Go ahead. Exactly. And in fact, that second one, I didn't know about the first one, but that second one. I figured you didn't. 
Yeah, I figured you didn't. That's why I had to share it. Yeah. He he just, you know, uh, Bob, I just cannot fathom why we have so many traitors in our Congress and in our Senate. And and basically what I told Murphy is, why don't you just do us a favor and get the hell out of our country? You know, I left my name and my phone number. I said, I want you to call me. I want you to call me. Here's my phone number so I can tell you what I really think of you. And I said, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you're a traitor and a coward. No, I mean, if somebody were to call me that, I, I think I would jump on the next plane and go confront them. But no, they're cowards, Bob. The entire Democratic Party and the media establishment. In fact, I have to tell you this. I got an email from somebody at Channel 19. I won't, I won't tell their name. They basically asked me to please stop sending them my emails because I blast them and their reporting and their parent company, CVS, is reporting. Can you imagine that? Please don't send me your emails. That's funny. They can't handle the truth, Bob. No, they, they don't want anybody contradicting or, or challenging them on their nonsense. Exactly. But anyway, uh, hey, I like what you said about Gervaisi. I've seen him before. I don't know if he's liberal, progressive, whatever, but good for him. And it's about time they called out these hypocrites in Hollywood. And I'm he, glad he they said yeah, he is because, that, Norm, and i I got I to go here so I can get Congressman Jordan on the line. He is liberal, but he is provocative. He likes to tick people off, and he likes to challenge people, even people like him who are liberal in Hollywood. So that's why he did what he did. Uh, everybody's talking about Ricky Gervais. This will make him millions more uh, in uh, in fees that he earns from performing in various locations and various places, stand-up, et cetera, et cetera. So Ricky Gervais knows exactly what he's doing, and I'm glad he did it. Thanks so much, my friend. I appreciate the call. If you're on hold, Stay there, but I got to talk to Jim Jordan next on AM 1420 The Answer. If you get this man a ride, it's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420 The Answer. Yeah. All right, 949, we continue on AM 1420 The Answer as promised. Let's say good morning for the first time in the new year. To Congressman Jim Jordan joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine, Bob. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, New Year to you as well. All right, Congressman, it's uh, obviously obvious what we're going to talk about here. Um, first of all, um, before we get into the threats from the Iranians uh, to retaliate against the United States or our interests or our assets anywhere around the world, I just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Soleimani. Tell us what you know about him and what you knew about him before the decision was made by the president when the opportunity presented itself to take him out. Well, I mean, look, the, the Democrats keep, keep criticizing the president for this action, but this is a guy who killed 600 some Americans. This is a guy who was responsible for the attack on our embassy. So n- now we're hearing, oh, there's going to be there's going to be retaliation. They're going to do things. They were already doing things, and that's why the president took the action he did. Um, I think most Americans look at this just with good common sense, and they say uh, they, they like where the president is. The president doesn't, you know, he's talked about it's time to start getting out of Afghanistan. For goodness sake, we've been there, what, 18-some years? Um, but the president also understands when you have really bad people, really evil people like Soleimani, who are doing the things he was doing, and responsible for this most recent attack on our embassy and on American lives, um, I think Americans support what he did. Just uh, I know I do, Congressman. Um, the biggest question that a lot of people are raising, uh, particularly the critics of the president, 
is whether or not we can trust our intelligence. Um, because it is true that President Trump has railed against our intelligence for various reasons. Uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, some people have said that our intelligence leadership is part of the deep state. It's something President Trump hasn't trusted before. So how can we trust it now when they say, through Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, that there was an imminent attack, another attack that was being planned by yeah, uh, yeah. Soleimani that we had to stop? I mean, I don't, I don't, look, they see the evidence, they make the decision. I trust the commander-in-chief, I trust Secretary Pompeo, uh, and, I, and I already knew, we, we know what this guy has done. Uh, we know how evil this individual was. I mean, he was on a military, where he had just been to Lebanon, he was in Damascus, he was then in, in, uh, in Baghdad. What do mm-hmm. you think he's doing? He's from Iran. He's talking with all the bad guys that, that Iran finances. Uh, and, and now we're getting, I thought Kellyanne Conway said it great this morning on, on one of the shows. She, she said, we're getting lectured by the people who gave billions of dollars to Iran as part of that Iran deal. Now they're lecturing us. I mean, now they're lecturing the president and criticizing the administration. So we already knew what this guy was capable of. I, I, like I said, I trust the commander in chief. I trust Secretary Pompeo. Um, I think, again, most Americans do as well. How do you react to those who say that we assassinated him and that this is uh, this is internationally uh, against international law because we took out um, the second most powerful man? The left wants to characterize that as Iran somehow uh, coming into the United States and striking Mike Pence. That that's what we committed here. Uh, come on, uh, this 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 individual Suleimani was responsible for what just took place at our embassy in Iraq. This guy is responsible for taking the lives of, uh, of over 600-some Americans. Give me a break. And, and somehow the left is critical of that. Remember what they said about al-Baghdadi? Or, or, what, wasn't it some, uh, what paper used the austere uh, the, the title? I mean, one of these media... That was the Times, about, I think. That was the New York Times, I yeah, believe. Yeah, the New York Times. I mean, come on. So this is, the, this is today's left. This is how ridiculous they are. I, I mean, I don't think Americans view it that way. I think this is common sense. When someone does something bad and evil and is behind evil things and killing of Americans, I think our, our I think the people of this great country want our commander in chief to take the action that he took. Yeah, and and I I just think it should also be pointed out um, that you know this is not does not qualify as an assassination because this was not a statesman. This was not some elected statesman who was killed in his country. He was a general, meaning he was a military fighter and military leader on foreign soil. By the way, at the time in a nation where we have congressional authorization to be, our troops in Iraq are there with congressional authorization. Yeah, and are they allowed to respond in defense of our embassy and in defense? of themselves uh, against somebody who is, again, a military leader. This is not some statesman. This is a guy who wears a uniform. So taking him out was was legal in every definition, domestically and internationally. Of course. And and if I'm not mistaken, I believe he had just been to Lebanon, just been to Damascus. I mean, he was was making the rounds to to talk to the bad guys that Iran finances. yeah, I mean, come on. We know what this is. The left doesn't care, though. They're going to criticize the president for, oh, he's not strong enough here. Then he does something like this. Oh, he, he took actions that are going to hurt us. And it, they're going to criticize it. It's a reactionary thing with these with these guys on the left and with Democrats today in Washington. They criticize every move the president makes. And in spite of the constant criticism, in spite of the constant opposition, in, in spite of the constant attacks from them and the mainstream press, their, their number one ally, this president is accomplishing amazing things in the three years he's been president. 
Um, let's talk about the Congress. Um, even Democrats who have said, yeah, he was a bad guy, and yeah, it's not a terrible thing that we took him out, we still should have been notified. How come you didn't tell us? How come you didn't consult with us before you took an action that could lead to a reaction and a retaliatory strike that could launch us into a war? Nancy Pelosi in particular saying that Congress should have been notified. And i got to tell you, no offense to you, but I think anybody in Congress, who, or, uh, anybody who notifies Congress of anything runs the risk of just blasting it on the front page of the New York Times. Yeah, there's there's always that risk. Uh, look, I do think Congress will be will weigh in on this debate now. Obviously, that's happening. We're going to get the debate. There's some resolutions you're going to bring to the floor that that I think will be terrible. I haven't seen it, but I assume all all us Republicans will vote against it. So there's going to be a debate. And there's going to be a discussion about this. That that's how it's supposed to work under our system. But the Constitution is also clear. It gives the Commander in Chief the right to deal with 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 an, with an imminent threat. Uh, as Mr. Pompeo and the president have said there was, that there was, and the fact that this guy had already, as, I, as we've said numerous times, had already killed 600 some Americans and frankly deserved to die after what he had done to our fellow citizens. Yeah, and that, that's an important point too. Now let's talk about the retaliation. Again, you, you know, you, you spoke to this a little bit. Uh, it's not as though we were about to sit down and have Christmas dinner with these people before we took out Soleimani. They were already killing us. He himself personally had uh, been responsible for over 600, I think the number I heard was 700 American deaths, plotting terror attacks, carrying them out, financing them, etc., all over the world. Um, so it's not like the, you know, we were on the verge of a close friendship with the Iranians until President Trump struck here. Now suddenly we might be at war. But how worried are you? How worried should we be that the Iranians will do something in what they consider to be retali- retaliation? Well, I mean, they may. that They're saying they're going to. I always come back to what we just talked about is they've already done things. So this, this, this attack is not retaliation from Iran. It's the fact that this guy deserved what he got. Uh, the, the previous administration's response was to, to terrible things Iran did. Oh, let's give them a treaty that allows them to get the nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Let's give them cash, and let's see if that works. Well, that wasn't working so well because they were already doing things, uh, and they continue to do those things. So this president has taken the course that I think makes a lot more sense. It's like, if you mess with us, we're, there's going to be consequences for you, and who better than a guy who's already killed 600 Americans to, 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 to face the wrath of the United States than, than General Soleimani? Is the president's threat via Twitter to strike 52 Iranian targets, including what are described as some cultural targets, um, is that good strategy in your opinion? Uh, I leave that to the, to the commander-in-chief. He gets information that you and I don't get. He gets information that, that, that uh, uh, you know, we all don't get to see. Uh, and, you know, this president, he's, he's, this is why Americans like him so much. One of the reasons I like him so much is, when he's a man who says, I'm going to go do what I said. I'm going to take action. He, he, he's that kind of president. And you, you contrast that with what we had in the previous administration. I think Americans appreciate it. So um, I leave that up to the, to the administration on what they may or may not do. But what I do know is I think, I, I think the vast majority of our country supports the president responding when you have someone this evil who has done the things that they have done to the United States. Um. That's a great point. Um, I, I I just look at what the, I have no problem with the president, uh, you know, announcing that we are ready to strike you if you do anything because that's what deterrence is all about. Some people though question the idea of the quote unquote cultural sites um, rather than military targets um, because if you strike cultural sites, now you might be. T- See here, let me ask you this, Congressman. 
the Iranian people, the ones who I think don't revere Soleimani, but the ones who feared Soleimani and his successors mm-hmm. and the Ayatollah yeah, sure. are the ones who are are the ones who are quote unquote mourning at this funeral, et cetera, et cetera. But many of them absolutely despise him. We all know the Iranian people have been fighting for freedom. They have been oppressed by yep. their the, uh, the Islamic theocracy uh, of that government, and they don't like it at all. But if we strike things that are considered holy to them or culturally important to them, do we then run the risk of turning some who are not pro-Iran's government um, yeah, into, be, into being against the United States. Fair point, Bob. Uh, and, and, and again, I'm sure that will be discussed at the White House. I mean, they're, they're going to uh, they're going to they're going to implement the strategy that that makes sense, um, and and that'll be part of the discussion as we, as we go forward. And, and you know, there, you're right. There are there are all kinds of people in Iran who um, who who really do want freedom, who really do want to to rid themselves of this 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 government that you called a dictatorship that's been in place this 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 evilness that's been in place is leading their country uh you know clear back from the uh, from the 1970s last thing before you go um and i don't want to give too much attention to the squids uh more than they, they deserve but they're the ones who are the most outspoken here aoc omar talib and others who are just outraged uh calling what the president has done here uh you know illegal and unconstitutional et cetera, et cetera. they don't have no earthly idea what the military uh, powers are the war powers act is etc um, but if you had a chance, and I know you don't, but if you had a chance to sit down for 10 minutes with Cortez and the rest of these people who are criticizing the president's decision to take out Soleimani, what would you tell those people directly? Well, I mean, I'm on committee with uh, with three of them, so we've had some, uh, some debate and discussion in the oversight committee from time to time. Uh, I guess the main point I'd say, though, to, not just to them, but to, to, to so many others who criticize the president and who come to the defense of, of these evil countries, where are you at when these evil people attack the state of Israel? Where are you at then? Where, where's the critique of these these folks when rockets get lobbed into Israel from Gaza and rockets more and get lobbed in from Lebanon? Uh, these proxies from from Iran. Where are you then, uh, standing up for the state of Israel who is facing the the, the wrath of, of that that's probably been coordinated and ordered by. The very guy, the president of the United States, took out Suleiman. So um, th- th- that seems to me to be the fundamental question. Where are you at there? The Israel, they're our best friend, our top ally. Why? Where are you at when, when those things happen? But you're always sure to criticize the president and stand up for the for the radical people out there in the world who are who are evil, like this this Suleimani and this Iranian administration. That's a great question. And uh, although I might surmise their answer, they would probably say, well, we're, we're with the rest of them who are chanting death to Israel, death to America. That's what. Sorry, but that's just how I feel, because that's yeah. how they act. You don't yeah. have to respond to that. Get yeah. yourself in trouble. That's what I said. <laughs> now, that was me. That was not Congressman Jordan, for the record. Congressman, please, uh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about the impeachment, which has taken a back seat now to yeah. the Iranian story, but we'll talk about that again soon, uh, sir. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Uh, good to be God bless. Take care. That's Congressman Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll get news now and come back with more of your calls next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.